This is our second and last session on this unit, Matthew eleven twenty to 24. And my aim is to point out five massive points about Jesus and the view of reality that we can attain by simply paying close attention to words like these. So as we look at the last three, Lord Jesus, grant that I would raise the kind of questions that you would use to take people deeper into a relationship with Jesus and deeper into his understanding of all things so that we think the way he does and have a view of ultimate reality that corresponds to his. I ask this in his name. Amen. He began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. So we've seen two observations from verse 20 in our last session. Let's go to the next three. Number three, simple observation, massive reality. There will be a judgment day. The day of judgment. The day of judgment. Build that reality into your worldview. Millions of people around the world operate in total oblivion of this all-important reality. A judgment day is coming when we will be called to account for our lives. That's number three. There is a judgment day. Bank on it. Think on it. Live in the light of it. Fourth observation. Jesus knows what kind of influence will bring repentance to a city or to people, and he decides to give it or not. Verse 21. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you, if these mighty works done in you, in Chorazin, in Bethsaida, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, two cities up the coast of Palestine, where Jesus had been. We know he had been there. It says so in, in Matthew fifteen twenty one, and Mark um, 7. 24, Jesus had been to, to Tyre and Sidon, and he had preached there. If the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which they hadn't been, he did mighty works in Chorazin and Bethsaida, which he did not do in Tyre and Sidon. If he had done them in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. How did he know that? 
That's incredible to say that. And he, he says it. Jesus says, I know what it would take to bring them to repentance. And they didn't experience it. So not only does he know what it would take, what influence would be required to bring repentance to Tyre and Sidon, he decides whether to give that influence or not. And in this case, he did not give it to them. See it again in verse 23. You, Capernaum. That's his really special place where lots of works were done. You, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven since so many mighty works were done there? Will you be exalted to heaven? You will not. You will be brought down to Hades. Why? Because if, it's like, it's like this if, if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament, if these mighty works that I did in Capernaum had been done in Sodom, Sodom would have remained without the judgment of God in fire and brimstone. They would have remained. So God knows what influences of mighty works it would have taken to bring Sodom to repentance. So my, my fourth observation is Jesus knows what influence is required to bring repentance, and he decides whether to give it. Now, this, this is troubling to some people because they're familiar with a text like this. It's good. This is 1 Timothy 2. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So you're saying, Piper that he knows what he would have had to do in Tyre and Sidon, namely the same mighty works that he did in Chorazin and Bethsaida, and they would have repented, and he didn't do it. But it says in 1 Timothy 2, he desires all people to be saved, and you're saying he decides sometimes not to do the kinds of things that would bring someone to salvation. Yes, that is what I'm saying. This desire here for all people to be saved does not always produce the kind of action in Jesus that would bring them to salvation. A desire can exist in the heart of God that does not become the action of God because other factors are taken into consideration concerning the wisdom of doing the action than just the desire for a certain outcome. We know from the pastoral epistles themselves, not just contrasting 1 Timothy here with Matthew, but rather staying in the pastorals, look at this. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance. So God is in charge of giving the gift of repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. 
that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. So back here in 1 Timothy 2, he desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And here in 2 Timothy 2, 25, he may or may not grant repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. That's why I say this desire here doesn't always rise to the level of action where God actually does grant repentance. So I go back here to Matthew 11, and I notice that God did, Jesus did, mighty works in Chorazin and Bethsaida, which he did not do in Tyre and Sidon, but if he had done them there, they would have repented. So he not only knows the influence that it takes to bring someone repentance, he decides when he will give it and when he won't. He has his reasons. They are infinitely just, infinitely wise, infinitely good, and he is gracious to give the influence to anyone. And fifth and finally, in verses 22 and 24, the fifth observation is there are degrees of punishment at the day of judgment. Verse 22, I tell you it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. Or again, here in verse 24, I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment. So there are degrees more bearable for Tyre and Sidon than for Chorazin and Bethsaida. So Chorazin and Bethsaida experience something more severe than Tyre and Sidon at the judgment day. We must not think that in the last day at the judgment, all punishment will be equally terrible. It will be terrible, but not equally terrible. You see it again in Luke 12. That servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. And here comes the principle. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. This man had more knowledge. More is required of him. And of him to whom they entrust much, they will demand the more. The principle is that the more knowledge you have, the more accountable you are. So let me summarize the five observations, and I'll leave you to go deep with them. Number one, the mighty works of God through Christ, are designed for repentance, not just human betterment. Number two, Christ did most of his mighty works in the context of places in the cities where people did not repent. There is not a necessary correlation 
between faith and repentance on the one hand and the mighty works succeeding on the other hand. He has his reasons why he does mighty works on some unbelievers and some believers. Observation number two, there will be a day of judgment. Observation number four, Jesus knows what kind of influence it takes to bring someone to repentance, and he decides whether to give that influence or not. He did works in Chorazin and Bethsaida, and if he had done the same mighty works in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented, and he didn't do them. Observation number five, there are degrees of punishment at the last judgment. It will be more bearable for some, more tolerable for some. These are massively important parts of a biblical world view. Build them into your view of all things. <laughs>